Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels on what can only be considered a proxy victory Monday after watching the Vikings lose, go one and done in the NFL playoffs. I hear you, all you troll Vikings fans saying, oh, well, the Packers were on the couch watching and the Packers weren't even in the playoffs. We still get to enjoy watching you get bounced and be exposed for the frauds that you were throughout 2022. This coming on the heels of your getting waxed at Lambeau Field. Oh, it's just a beautiful day. But we don't want to, you know, spend too much time on the Vikings and their sorrows because God knows they got enough of that to deal with on their own. They don't need our help. But it's just a beautiful day to be a Packers fan. Um, regardless, uh, always the discourse seems to be about Aaron Rodgers. Is he coming back? Isn't he coming back? When will he make a decision? Is it time to move on? Is it time to or is it prudent to stick around and keep him coming back and blah 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 and i'm here to tell you none of it matters people i don't care if aaron Rodgers comes back i don't care if jordan love is the starter they draft somebody and they insert him into the lineup man it doesn't matter if they don't improve along the offensive line and here's the thing the offensive line actually played pretty damn well after that commander's game uh, prior to that we all know it was rough going now a large part of that was because they had two of their better players coming off injury, whether it was David Bakhtiari, whether it was Elton Jenkins, who took a while to round back into form coming off that knee injury last November. Certainly, once those guys got right and on the field, uh, they played much better along the offensive front. If you do bring Aaron Rodgers back, if that is the decision the Packers make, they have got to make sure that they are set in front of Aaron because he can still do damage. He's still a... Uh, I think, uh, one of the top probably eight or nine quarterbacks in the league. I don't know where you peg him there in that order, but he's around there if he's right. Not playing with a broken thumb, not having to deal with instant pressure because of a leaky offensive line. He can still lead this offense and put up points, and I have zero doubt in his ability there. But if he's needing to you know, escape every time he's dropping back or trying to extend plays out on the perimeter the way he used to be able to as a younger man, that is not a viable way forward. Not for this team, not for this offense, not in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's interesting to me. I have to think that if we got Brian Gutekunst under, you know, on some truth serum or something, and we asked him about this past offseason when they were formulating their plans and what they wanted to do and the way he addressed the offensive line, you go back the last, what, three, four years, he's almost always, to a year, added at least one veteran. Uh, usually late in the process in free agency, whether it was Rick Wagner, Dennis Kelly, uh, Justin Verlander, uh, these people of Veltier, uh, th these guys that they add or they have in the past added, whether it was late in the process or no, um, they seriously improve their ability uh, to kind of juggle things around, insert somebody when someone goes down. This was the first season that Brian really didn't do that. It's the first season that he kind of just went with everything they had in-house. Um, clearly, he's drafted a lot of guys, so I understand wanting to let your guys play, wanting to let your guys develop. But I do think going into that week one game, with Jake Hansen at guard and Royce Newman at tackle, I mean, you're, you're maybe not fighting with one arm behind your back, but you are certainly not uh, helping your quarterback or your offense in general. Um, I think you're. I think that maybe they were fooling themselves a little bit in that regard. 
They got to be a little bit more honest about what they have in house. Now, looking forward, I really like where they're at, um, but there are some questions. I think the biggest question for me, and it's funny because we've had a lot of conversation online about the tackle position, right? Mostly because Bakhtiari was so in and out of the lineup for a while, and then he had appendectomy, and then you know we had moments where we woke up on game day and oh, Zach Tom's playing left tackle, and that I, like that's kind of dominated the conversation, right? Or in a playoff game or a win or go home game, we saw Yash not be able to hold up, so they insert Zach Tom and even Zach, you know, who had a good year, he struggled a little bit. So the tackle position seems to have really dominated the discourse or the conversation. But I really think it all starts at center. And there, I don't think there's any doubt now. You know, I, I talked all last offseason about needing to give Josh Myers time because of the fact that he had been injured after, what, six games his rookie year, got injured in that Chicago game. And I thought, okay, you know, you got to let him come back and work back into it and get a more complete kind of body of work to look at and evaluate. Man, I'm telling you, there are moments where you really see the talent and you see the upside and you understand why the Packers like him or liked him in the draft and why they've stuck with him. But man, there are also stretches that are really hard to watch. And you talk about a very inconsistent player. You need better at that position. And I, we've seen, obviously, Elton Jenkins slide over to center in his pro career. I think that's an option. I wouldn't take that off the table. But we've heard a lot about needing to get Zach Tom on the field, right? Zach Tom being one of their best five. I don't think there's any question there. But up until now, a lot of the conversation is focused on all of the other spots other than center. And I know he that's the one spot he didn't play this year, right? But he did play it in college. And I got to think, if they gave him an opportunity, that might be an answer. Um, now, what happens to Myers in that re in that regard? I Maybe he competes at guard. But, man, I'm here to tell you, again, I don't care who the quarterback is. If you don't get it right along the offensive line, it doesn't really matter. It's the engine of your offense. La this, this past season really drove it home for me more than any other season in living memory. You know, we can talk about the style of offense they play. Oh, they don't run it out of under center enough or, you know, too much RPO or whatever you want to talk about. And I'll have those conversations at some point later this season, undoubt off season, undoubtedly. We've got a lot of time. But, man, none of it's right if the offensive line ain't right. You know, Matt preaches, get got to get your best five out there. Well, the Packers have to make sure they have their best five out there uh, next offseason. Now, again, there's a long way to go. Uh, we got a lot of offseason ahead of us. The, draft, the free agency will come and go. The draft will come and go. Heading into the summer, the offseason program, and then clearly when training camp arrives, I'm going to be fascinated to see what kind of competition they kind of fester and you know, try and drum up there along the line and what positions they really do it. Um, it. It's hard because that final game left such a bad taste in your mouth if you're a Packers fan because the offensive line had been playing very, very well over the course of the past kind of month of the season. And then to have them in that setting, in Lambeau Field, in a game they had to have to get into the postseason, to have their offensive line play so poorly against a front, by the way, who... Yeah, Hutchinson, you expect he's going to make some noise. He's a very talented player, and he most certainly did. But the way they were absolutely dominated along the interior by a group that has not done very well when it comes to stopping the run, the Packers were absolutely manhandled up front throughout the game. It can't happen. It absolutely cannot happen. So for me, 
all the conversation about quarterback, and we'll undoubtedly be talking about it all in the next month or so as we wait for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision. But all of that is like kind of a side salad to the main course for me, which is the offensive line. Um, and there are other you know pieces we haven't even talked about. Uh, I'm fascinated to see what happens with Sean Ryan. I know what a nightmare of a disappointment of a rookie year. But who knows? I mean, we've seen guys start their careers out um, looking less than stellar and out of position and playing poorly. I'll never forget TJ Lang looked absolutely lost his rookie year when he started as a tackle. Uh, Mike Wall as well. Two guys who turned into excellent guards in the NFL who, for whatever reason, the beginning of their se- the beginning of their kind of rookie years and their first kind of foray into the NFL did not look great. And then they found their position and they really blossomed. So I'm not ready to, and I'm not saying that Sean Ryan's automatically going to do that, but it's something to keep in mind because I've seen people already writing the kid off and look, the suspension is terrible and clearly did not do himself any favors with his performance in training camp. Uh, but not ready to say it's a total bust and you just got to cut him already and blah, blah, blah. Bring him back. Let him compete. I'm fascinated to see how he comes back and kind of shows out next year. Hello to everybody in the comments section. Lots of folks dialing it up. What's up, Michael C? Thanks for the super chat. What's worse, Kirk's check down or 12's last pass? Oh, it's got to be Kirk's check down, right? Come on, and I'm I'm a Packers homer. And I admit that. I'll, I'll, I'll wear it, but come on. I want somebody who gives my best, one of our best weapons a chance, at least something to go win the game. When I'm comparing it to that, the three-yard captain check down, Come on now. Come on. Give me a chance at least. I mean, and I know, though, someone would probably argue, oh, well, you know, Hawkinson can break a tackle. Give me a break. Ed, thanks for the super chat. Please give to the Vikings. Turn our trophy case into an aquarium fund. Think of the children. <laughs> thanks, Ed. <laughs> Brian, thanks for the super chat. Get Paul Allen his Kleenex. There you go. Oh, if you haven't, the uh, the audio from Paul Allen on that final sequence is amazing only because he sounds just completely dead inside. Like he's so resigned to the fact that they're not going to pick up that first down, that they are going to fail on fourth down. And then they do. And he basically doesn't miss a beat. It's incredible. He's like completely defeated even before the snap of the football. It's amazing. Dale, good evening from London. Good. uh, Well, I guess it's evening now here in New York as well. Good evening. Five o'clock. Is that evening? That works. is here. What's up, Big B? Here is $2 for Zadarius Smith's downfall. Oh, Big B. I saw you earlier on Twitter saying that uh, I mean, you really got it out for Zadarius, huh? I mean, look, I, I I can't blame the guy. I mean, who knows what went on behind closed doors. You know, I get he wanted to go there and try and probably stick it to the Packers a little bit, and that kind of really didn't work out. I mean, it did for week one. You probably felt really good coming out of that game. But, you know, he definitely uh, pulled his uh, familiar disappearing act down the stretch of this season and then uh, was definitely MIA against the Packers. And then to watch him bow out against the Giants, oh, it is pretty great, I will say. Pretty, pretty, pretty dope. Tyler, nice to super chat. Doug Peterson, Packers legend, has some cojones. Oh, Doug's the man. I, I love him as a coach. I couldn't believe I mean, these are the things. It's a relationship business, right? And so that's what, you know, when the Eagles fired him, I, I was, I got to admit, I was pretty surprised. Um, 
only because I really think he's a good coach, like a really good head coach. And those are hard to come by. You look at the coach turnover in this league and you get a good one. You want to hold on to him. Um, and the guys are going to have down years. It's a cyclical thing. Like, but clearly there was something relationship wise there in that building. And I'm glad he's landed on his feet. Um, I really, really like watching his teams, no doubt. And you're right. He's a Packers legend. Favre's old hunting buddy. John, thanks for the super chat. Purdy, Jones, and Lawrence to the second round. Not amazing QBs, but have amazing pieces around them to make them winning QBs in big games. Just saying. Just saying, John. What are you just saying there? Um, yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Purdy thing is ridiculous because he is playing uh, extremely well. And he's doing it within the confines of a system that really helps him be successful. And I've seen people try to like kind of diminish what he's doing. And it's like, mm, no, uh, I'm not going to sit here and diminish or dismiss a guy who, you know, was literally the last pick in the draft and who has been inserted here late into the season. It's not like he's had all year to kind of get ready for the playoffs or even down the stretch or what, like late in the year, been inserted in the starting lineup and is playing extremely well, making smart decisions with the football you certainly see some things you'd like to improve upon. His kind of tendency to try and escape out the back door is going to get him killed one of these times. Like, it's just, he's got to stop that. But, man, talk about a coach doing a really good job of putting his guy in a position to succeed. There's no doubt Shanahan's done that. Abdul, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Aaron, do you think the Packers want 12 back because they can see they'll be in cap hell regardless whether he stays, retires, or gets traded? 12 gives you a better shot to win these next two years. Maybe he gives him a better shot this year. I don't think he gives him a better shot in two years. The man's going to be 40 years old. 40. That's 4-0. I think Tom Brady's really warped our perception of what happens at the quarterback spot and how viable guys can be and how good guys can be. Up until I mean, 40 is usually, almost often, to mere mortals that aren't Tom Brady – that's the time when the wheels fall off more often than not. And I'm not saying Aaron hasn't been taking care of himself. I'm not saying Aaron isn't doing everything in his power to try and make sure that he can still play at a high level. I, I buy all that. But man, Drew Brees, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Warren Moon back in the day, although at least he was slinging it. I mean, the history of the NFL is littered with the guys you can point to who they hit it. They hit 40 and it was done really quickly. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying Aaron couldn't buck those odds. I mean, if there's a guy who I think would be petty enough and have a chip on his shoulder enough to prove to everybody he could still do it, it's Aaron Rodgers. There's zero doubt about it. And you might be right. You may be absolutely spot on. That may be what the Packers are thinking. Uh, my point has been, it was last year and it is this year, you got to make that move at some point. And I'm tired of watching the same movie year after year after year. I just, I think I said it a couple chats ago or maybe on some other outlet, but the Packers are acting like they can just maybe catch a different ending. Like it's Clue back in the day when, you know, when Clue, the movie was released, it you got different endings depend on which showing you went to. Man, it ain't that. It's just the same movie. With the same ending. I just, it's, I, I don't know what else you need to see. You've got a guy you've been developing for three years. And yes, there are going to be cap ramifications, which, by the way, get exponentially worse 
after this season. I just, I don't, yeah. I'd much rather have my young guy playing and developing and getting better now and hopefully open a window with him in a couple years than whatever the hell it is they're doing kind of like right now, you know what it is right now with, with Rogers, it's they're They've had this great, amazing bowl of cereal that they've been eating for years. And now it's like just the remnants of the sugar that's in the milk right at the end. And they're like slurping it up, trying to get that last drop of sugar and that last good taste. It's time for a new bowl of cereal, man. That's all I'm saying. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Justin, thanks for the super chat. Looking through the replies to Bakhtiari's tweet yesterday is something, man. All Vikings fans can come up with in the year of our Lord, 2023 is, bro, you're on the couch. At least try to be creative. I just referenced that actually on, on a TikTok I just did. It's like, that is all they can say. They have no other comeback. Yes, you're on the couch watching you lose and become a team. I'm sorry, the team with more losses in the postseason than any other team in the history of the league. Congratulations, Vikings fans. Well done. That's uh, hang the banner for that right next to the empty trophy case. Amazing times in Minnesota as they go through it. Vex, thanks for the super chat. Athletes vague posting on social media is exhausting nonsense. Glad we don't have to deal with Lamar Jack- Jackson's antics. Uh, Did you miss the whole Aaron Rodgers thing a couple years ago? <laughs> I mean, I hear you, dude, but it ain't like we ain't had, you know, vague social media posts from Packers players in the past five years. This is part of social media. That's part of the constraints they have in certain aspects of their life and or profession. And uh, it doesn't bug me. You know, what's real easy to do. Just keep scrolling. You don't have to deal with it. It's real easy. Now, if you want to go down a rabbit hole and get crazy about it. Yeah, cool. You're more welcome to do that too. But man, life is too short to really care too much about it. One way or the other. Abdul, thanks again, man. With a weak NFC, a four-time MVP back, young players develop, especially our exciting 22 draft class and 15th pick this year. Could you make the argument we could be contenders next year, or is that just wishful thinking? Whew, baby. Um, Got to do a lot of developing, not just with this past draft class, but other draft classes that have kind of been somewhat disappointing. Um, could you? Yes. There's a long way to go, though. I mean, let's just take it one day at a time. Uh we all thought the Packers were going to be contenders heading into this season, and we saw how fabulously that flamed out, right? Uh, proceed with caution would be my uh, my mantra on this one. Um, is it possible? Yeah, absolutely. Am I expecting it? Check back after the draft, and I'll let you know. <laughs> Dustin, thanks for the Super Chat. Nags, hope you're available for a training camp drink. I'll be around, buddy. I know you're going to be in town, so uh, I will undoubtedly uh, be drinking it up with Packers fans. We'll definitely be having a Cheesehead TV meetup during camp. So, absolutely. Juan, thanks for the super chat. 
Would you agree that using an early pick on a tight end is a waste? Tight end is a forgotten position in Matt's offense, unless this is due entire to the quality of our tight ends. Yeah, oh, man, there's layers to this, right? Um, I don't know if it's a product of Matt's offense, and I don't know if you can talk about the court because some people do, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw it to the tight end. And both of those things appear to be true. However, I would say that when Aaron Rodgers had a bona fide talent at tight end back when he had Jermichael Finley, he threw to Finley quite a bit. I just think that they haven't had a guy who's a miss a mismatch, right? Who's a matchup problem for defenses. If they were to get that kind of guy, maybe they utilize him a little bit more or that position a little bit more, right? But as it stands, they haven't had that guy. I mean... Don't get a Tunyon had a great catch there and on a third down in the game against the Lions, but he's not a matchup problem, you know? He's not somebody defensive coordinators are worried about rolling coverage to. If you have one of those guys, you're probably throwing to him a little bit more. So, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say there's no chance they take a tight end at 15, and I know the kid from Notre Dame has been all the rage, but I would be surprised. I would be pretty damn surprised, not just because, you know, they don't throw to the tight end because, again, uh, who's to say for sure why that is, but I do think the positional value probably isn't there for the Packers. Now, there were many, many years where we sat there and said, oh, they're never going to take an off-ball linebacker in the first round, and then they did this past year. So never say never, right? But I'd be surprised. I think I said on the Discord, um, you could probably knock me over with a feather if they took a tight end at 15. Most hated Minnesotan. What's up, man? Nice to super chat. I thoroughly enjoyed the death of the pretenders yesterday. Good day in Minnesota for Packer fans. Also, no one told me there was a Discord. <laughs> There's a Discord! Yes. Um, a really uh, lovely gentleman who, I don't know if he wants me putting his name out there, so I won't, but a uh, really lovely guy reached out to Corey and I, I think actually last year, and as is uh, Cheesehead TV tradition, I kind of just thought about it for a while and then forgot about it for a while and then thought, yeah, no, we should do that. And then we kind of got it up and or he got it up and running. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's up and there for you all. The link for the Discord, the Cheesehead TV Discord is in the description of this video if you're on YouTube. So check it out. And I will be honest, I've started to kind of visit a lot more frequently. I didn't kind of, you know, utilize it much during the season just because, you know, you're in the middle of the season and it's a grind and you're really busy. But through this offseason, I'm probably going to be there a lot more than I am on Twitter. Um, just because Twitter has become so difficult as a platform. Like, just, you know, and I, this isn't a political thing. It's just like Elon, since his takeover, the app itself and the experience on the app is just very different. And it changes every day. And I just feel like the like kind of conversations there aren't. I mean, it's uh, obviously it's still Twitter, so it's toxic as hell. And that's way before Elon got it. You know ownership of it but it's just the the whole mechanics of it and i don't know it's just not as engaging and not as fun and uh, not as immediate and on discord i love how it's laid out topics wise and people being able to you know, respond in real time but also kind of go back to stuff and it's very easy easily laid out as far as what the conversation threads are so yeah i think for the off season i'll probably be there uh, a bit more so uh check it out it's a lot of fun um, Joe, thanks for super chat. Is Purdy real long term or is he Nick Foles too? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a very good question. I do think it'll be fascinating to see how teams respond if he is the starter next year, which is no given. But given a 
you know, off season to break down the tape and see what his tendencies are and try and take advantage of him in that regard. But man, it's hard to say, you know, when a guy catches lightning in a bottle like this, um, with much certainty one way or the other, um, my suspicion, and that's all it is, is a guess is my suspicion is that, yeah, no, with a full off season, defensive coordinators will have a answer for what they're do- trying to do with him at quarterback. Right. Um, but man, he's making the throws and he's making good decisions. And for a guy who was taken where he was taken, you you gotta you know expect that there are physical limitations, which there certainly are. He's not he doesn't have Herbert's arm or Jackson's legs or whatever. But man, you talk about distributing the football, but also being able to play out of structure. And for me, that's the big part, right? Like yes, like I said, he's running into trouble sometimes. And again, I think that's going to get him in in a bad spot once or twice. But he's able to make a play and keep his head when things break down. And that's where young guys usually have major problems, right? But for the most part, he's been able to navigate those waters very impressively. So I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's impossible for him to become a viable long-term starter. I still think the odds are against it. But, man, you never know. You never know. Uh, Tyler, thanks for the Super Chat. Is this the year we upgrade the tight end room as well? I have to think that it's addressed, right? I don't know if it's a whole scale, you know, overhaul, but probably should be. Man, I, we'll see. Maybe they bring back uh, Tunyon just because he's most likely not going to be too expensive. We could probably get a decent, get him on a team-friendly deal. Um, but man, yeah, Deguara, Tyler Davis, big dog. That's a jumble of assets that don't really kind of scare you as a defensive coordinator. If the Packers could find a player who could seemingly kind of cap that room off, so to speak. Again, a talent, a true talent. Then maybe. Now, do you utilize the 15th pick for that? I doubt it. But you never know. I mean, there are some great tight ends in the league who were taken day two, day three. Maybe the Packers can find one of those. But um, I do think it's something that has to be addressed. They've had a jumble of guys there now for a number of years without one kind of guy that you can draw plays up for, right? A guy who's a problem for defenses. And I think that's something that they at least have to look at. George, thanks for the super chat. Hope you're doing well, Nags. I think we should focus on the offense this offseason, picks and free agency, et cetera. It's always a mix, right? You never, you never want to be completely negligent on one side of the ball or the other, but clearly they've spent and utilized many assets on the defensive side of the ball. And I feel you, man. I think the one saving grace there, though, is, you know, for many years, the kind of rumblings where O'Brien couldn't, you know, couldn't identify offensive talent. The skill position thing was a was a bugaboo. And, man, if he didn't nail it with Dobbs and Watson. I mean, the returns are still early. I get it. But those are two promising players. And, hell, Torre didn't look too shabby either. So now if he can just find – one or two more guys to add into that mix via the draft. And then, yeah, find, sign somebody free agency wise, probably cooking with gas. It's a ways to go, but yeah, the offense clearly has to uh, be addressed somewhat. Callum, how are you, man? Hope you're doing well. Is Dave back next year? Yes. I will be shocked if he's not. Stanley, thanks for the super chat. Is it time for a new kicker in 2023? Hope Matt Mamba isn't watching. Um, Probably. I know Mason is set to be a free agent. He has also indicated he doesn't plan on retiring, but I have to think so. Given the salary cap situation, 
I can't imagine they bring him back for an exponential amount of money, which he would undoubtedly command, given just his limitations on kickoffs. And we've seen, you know, as recently as the final game, uh, being unable to get it, you know, on a 53-yarder in a league where 60-yarders are almost commonplace at this point. And I know he hit the 56-yarder against the Vikings. Mason's a legend, absolute 100% Packers Hall of Famer, but uh, it's most likely time to move on. We'll see, though. Who knows? With this front office handing out contracts for <laughs> for uh, what you've done instead of what you're going to do, you never know. Vex, thanks again, bud. Does 12 still have significant trade value? Now, not the value he had last year. Um, I still think they could get something for him. They're not going to get multiple first-round picks or anything like that. Uh, I think you could probably get a day-two pick for him. But the problem, you know, big issue is, and of course they would probably, he would probably have talks with um, whatever team he ended up being traded to. Um, it's always interesting to remember that he doesn't have a no-trade clause. So the Packers can drive that conversation. But uh, you would probably redo his deal if he was traded. Of course, the Packers would still be dealing with dead money if they traded him. Eric, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Nags, do you think it's worth looking into getting offensive linemen as trade pieces for a Rodgers trade? Which team could we trade with for linemen? Eric, it's so early. Um, I would be surprised, very, very surprised, if they traded Aaron for anything other than draft assets. A player or even a couple players in trade is, I can't imagine a team giving that up for a soon-to-be 40-year-old quarterback who's coming off a really down year. Now, some of that, now we all know the context there, right? The broken thumb, offensive line issues, like that's all going to be talked about. But now it only takes one GM, and maybe there's a team looking to sell seats, right? Move product and move merchandise, and they think, oh, if we sign Aaron Rodgers, everyone will come in droves, which is very, very true. But I just can't imagine they give up offensive linemen, especially viable offensive linemen in a league where offensive line play is, you know, as bad as it's been for a long time. And you find a, a worthwhile player in any way, shape or form, you hold on to him. So I just, I can't imagine it, Eric, but crazier shit has happened. Uh, what else we got here, folks? Abdul, thanks for the super chat. Who are you more disappointed with this year, Myers or Stokes? Do you see them bouncing back this year? Thank you again for everything you do. This is an excellent question, mostly because, you know, one of the big kind of components to the disappointment of this season is how little progression we saw from young guys and how much regression we saw, not just from young guys, but from guys they were counting on, veterans. We've talked about it a lot, like Devondre Campbell, Russell Douglas. Stokes is certainly in that conversation as far as a guy who you were hoping would take a significant step forward after a very promising rookie year. Um, the Myers thing is a little different just because we didn't have a whole body of work from a rookie season to draw from because, you know, he only played in those six games and then came back for the playoff game, which, by the way, he didn't play terribly in that playoff game against uh, against uh, the 49ers. You know, I thought he got his legs underneath him pretty well in that Detroit game and then played respectably against a really good 49ers front, which is the reason I had kind of hope for him, right? Man, this year was tough. Between those two, I, I will say, though, I probably Stokes, funnily enough, just because last year he was he was really successful at making sure that uh, even when he got beat, you know, that he, 
he was able to use his amazing speed without committing penalties, making sure he was in a guy's hip, not turning guys with his hands. Um, this year, I don't know. Maybe it's partly the scheme. Maybe it was be- what he was being asked to do. But man, how many times do we have to see a guy get beat on an over route before he makes some kind of adjustment? I mean, those first four weeks, I, I just, it was baffling. You know, it just didn't seem like he picked up where he left off. Now, some of that is because Jair was back and he's going to be a target because you're not throwing at Jair. You're throwing at the guy opposite Jair. That's just smart if you're an offense, right? So he's going to get probably more opportunities. Just wish he would have made more of those. Um, with Josh, he's got to play better and there's no doubt about it. And I got to think there's some competition there heading into next year because the the inconsistency just kills you, just kills you as an offense, especially at the center position. There's not a lot you can do to hide the fact that your interior is getting blown up or is missing blocks or, you know, you're trying to do anything, whether it's zone, whether you're trying to run power, or you're trying to pass protect. The center's got to be on point or you're, you're in some serious trouble. So, yeah, it's I think both of those guys are due for some big-time uh, redemption. This is Bussin' You Heard, one of the greatest handles ever. What's up, man? Kirk Cousins should start a Christian Nickelback cover band. Go Pack Go. <laughs> I think that Super Chat stands on its own. No commentary necessary. Well done. Well done indeed. Brian Bates, thanks for the super sticker. Appreciate it. Joe, thanks again, man. Only 28% of your Twitter fans voted for Bart. Oh, they're just young. That's just Twitter. You know that. You know, I voted for Bart. I never watched him play, but I've seen enough, and I know enough that the answer is Bart. But I feel you, man. They're just, it's just young. It just skews young. That's all. Soder, thanks for the super chat. George Blanda could smoke a pack and come off the bench in the fourth quarter and spin the rock. I'm good with Rodgers coming in late after having spent a chunk of game tripping balls on the bench. <laughs> Soder, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. Imagine if the NFL would allow that. That's that should be one of the uh, one of the Pro Bowl challenges. They have a, like a quarterback throwing obstacle course thing that you a QB skills challenge while tripping. Let's go! I take my money. I'm all in on that. Um, all right, everybody. I'm gonna have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Like I said, check out the Cheesehead Cheesehead TV Discord. It's a lot of fun. People. Really starting to uh, it's starting to pick up some steam there. I noticed today, so a uh, lot of great conversation happening there about the Packers and other things, but mostly, obviously, the Green Bay Packers. Um, please do me a monster favor: hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends, tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go pack, go. <laughs>